So what has 2022 taught us? An experience that I'm hoping to have more of in the future. I'd like to take up your challenge, if I may. We can look forward to some really, really awesome stuff. I have achieved so much and for 2023, I just want to continue that. I think maybe that'll give me a new sort of set of eyes. I really am focusing on arts for health. There is always help and support and nice people out there when you need it. Really looking forward to 2023 and seeing one that, what that brings. We'll all be good as gold in 2023. Happy and fruitful New Year, everyone. Think about it as your time to shine. Hey there. Glad you could make it. You've been invited to RT Party. My name's Jay, Jay Sykes. I'll be your host. This is a fortnightly radio show and podcast that brings artists and creatives together to make connections and celebrate their craft. Whether grassroots, emerging or established, anyone is invited. Together we chat projects and passions, events and exhibitions, artistic insight and advice. I'm gonna have to admit, I am an absolute Scrooge. With the Christmas festivities around me, the lights and the trees and people rushing around taking part in rampant consumerism, rushing from shop to shop, I'm just not a fan of Christmas. Five years working in Santa's workshop will do that to you. I'm the dude who winces when Fairy Tale of New York comes on. Yeah, I know, I'm that person. <laughs> but my absolute favourite holiday of the year... Not Halloween, not Valentine's Day, no, not even my birthday. It's New Year's Day. I am a sucker for self-reflection. Looking back and celebrating the good, acknowledging the bad. For making resolutions based on my plans and ambitions. Usually going to the gym more and reading more is part of the list. Well, we're not meant to keep them all, are we? But the idea of continually improving and striving for more in my creative life is something that really resonates with me. And the fact that there's a holiday that's built around just that? Yeah, I know, it's just another day on an arbitrary calendar. But to me, it's significant. So a few days ago, I set our Arty Party friends and followers a challenge. To look back at 2022 and reflect on your highlights, your achievements, your standout projects and to think about the year ahead what you're hoping to achieve what you're hoping to build on and how you're continuing to develop your own artistic and creative practice this episode of arty party is just that voice messages from some of our guests and our listeners about their new year's plans a look back on 2022 and a look ahead to a new year of 2023 I'm going to start off with someone I've grown really close with over the past year. Someone who I'd now consider a really good friend, both personally and professionally. This is visual artist Caligo, reflecting back on their past year and their progression as an artist. For the past few years, I've taken an unintentional hiatus from painting. Things like work, university and just general adulting got in the way. After a long day or a long week, it felt hard to just come home and sit down and engage with creating, um, especially if I'm trying to force something like that. I just don't really feel like it would work out very well. 
it wouldn't give me the same effect as if I were creating and didn't feel forced to. This year, when I clumsily tried to find my footing with art again, I came back into painting, searching for the place that art would take me to. By chance, I happened to meet Jay and got involved with co-curating Vinyl Outcry, giving me a reason to revisit Birds of Purgatory, which was a series of paintings that I never felt was truly complete enough to show anyone. I still do feel like it needs more in the series to uh, finish off the vision that I had in mind. But in any case, put it up for display in the gallery, and it was odd, it was different. The feeling of collaborating with other artists and then seeing my work on a gallery wall was just different to what I was used to, which was sending pictures to friends or family, or even um, posting pictures of my work on social media, and then getting feedback online through whether it was like analytics or people commenting or liking pictures, it was different sitting down and seeing someone walk up to my painting and just look at it. Whether they looked at it for a second, a couple of seconds, and then moved on, or if they stood in front of a painting that I didn't think had as much depth as warranted them standing there for that many minutes looking at it. It was a really, really interesting experience. It was, it was quite different and um, an experience that I'm hoping to have more of in the future. Through the experience of co-curating the gallery space and getting to get in contact with and chat on with different artists, I found my mind churning new ideas again, organising and then delivering an art workshop and then listening to people who had attended, reflecting on their own art and others' art and what it meant to create and how they felt painting if they weren't artistically inclined usually. It stirred my mind to think deeply about art and this time the creation or the intention behind creation and creativity in general and what purposes it served. Between all these experiences and my newfound drive that's come from studying, I feel like my inspiration and creative drive have been reignited. It's not that I necessarily lost the intention or the excitement of, of creating, I just think that maybe it got a bit stagnant for a while, especially with me not revisiting it for however long it took for me to get back into it, what with life going on in the background. As much as I still feel that Birds of Purgatory is incomplete, and I really do want to revisit the entire series and um, build on it, creating more pieces to fulfill this world that I have in my mind that I want to get onto different canvases. I feel like in the meantime, I want to leave the series be and move into portraiture, which was something that I had started to take an interest in prior to my hiatus. I think maybe approaching art and creation from a different angle. So for me, going from more nature scenes and birds to human beings instead, I think maybe that'll give me a new sort of set of eyes to look at the series with. And I'm hoping that that's probably gonna help me feel less stagnant about painting birds. For 2023, I want to methodically teach myself portraiture and then later perhaps anatomy. I say methodically because I know that I have a tendency to try and run before I can walk, which usually leaves me feeling quite frustrated and put off and discouraged. I'll try and do, I don't know, some scene that I have in my mind. I'll try and paint out onto paper. But for whatever reason, my brain can't translate or communicate what's going on in my head into my arm to get it out on paper for it to match up with the vision that I have in mind. And it's it can be quite off-putting, which is why I think I'm going to really try and um, sit and get all of the practice through and build up my fundamentals and my skills. Once I've developed all of my skills there, I just I can't wait to see what my portrait style develops into because that is something that I've not really delved into. I've got a few portrait studies, but 
nothing uh, nothing on canvas. So perhaps at some point in 2023, I'll have some more canvases of portraiture. Also, in a bid to honour my newfound confidence, I'm going to try to push myself into selling my work in prints of it, which is something that I keep saying that I want to do, but for whatever reason, I've got a bit of a blockage there. So that's going to be my other goal for 2023 when it comes to um, my life as an artist. I nearly teared up with that one the first time I heard it, to be honest. Caligo joined us for the first arty party after our long hiatus through the pandemics and beyond. And I resonate with the feeling that fresh eyes and new perspectives can bring to developing your practice. I love how methodically Caligo approaches their work. It's something that I could definitely learn from them myself. Not rushing ahead all the time, but sitting back and reflecting more, using time to develop and hone ideas. Caligo, thank you. And thank you for starting off our series of voice messages. From one gallery to another one now, to Ken Devine, a fine artist born in 1952, whose gallery, Frederick Street Gallery, has newly reopened in Sunderland. I realise I've not seen Ken in a long time, definitely before the pandemic, so it was great to listen to his audio response, reflecting on what lies ahead in 2023. Good morning, Jay. Uh, This is Ken Devine, of course. Uh, I'd like to take up your challenge, if I may, with regarding New Year's resolutions for 2023. So here goes. As an artist, the resolve to make New Year's resolutions continues for 2023, and with even greater resolve, this time the breaking of them will in itself be broken. I want to evolve. I need to evolve as an artist. I recognise this. So for 2023, I'll continue my ongoing quest to agitate the artistic waters of stagnation as I chase that elusive, magical dancing light, colour and painterliness that this artist in particular craves. It'll be frustrating, messy and fruitless in the main. It's it's what I've come to expect with using oil paint as my weapon of choice. But my resolve to push forward and win this battle in 2023 demonstrates hope and increases my faith to succeed. Let the battle commence. Happy and fruitful New Year, everyone. I almost neglected to add, Jay, that 2022 has not been without success. My greatest achievement being my resolve to open Frederick Street Gallery again. This time as a venue for a single artist's journey of progression. The artist is myself, but uh, the hope is that all local creatives find that resolve to move forward and succeed in a way that gives them greatest joy and satisfaction, especially in their chosen area of creativity. As you're possibly already aware, Frederick Street Gallery began life in Sunnyside on the 6th of July 2018, and that's when I returned from living in France for a number of years. I left Sunderland in 1970, would you believe, and was 
understandably excited to be settling down here again, and especially to be opening a gallery. Also part of the idea was to showcase local artists by having monthly exhibitions, which we did. It was a great experience, so the decision was made to expand into a larger unit in the Bridges Shopping Centre, and that's exactly a year later. You may remember the occasion, Jay. It was an experience, certainly, to have the Mayor open it, and of course yourself, as Arty Party, interviewing the assembled artists, contributing to the local Heroes and Music and Sport exhibition. We are at the opening of the Frederick Street Gallery in the Bridges. It's absolutely fabulous. I'm really excited about it. Bringing creativity to Sunderland is a real positive step. I think it's fantastic, the fact that we've got an art gallery in the centre of Sunderland. And this is what we should have had years ago. <laughs> we need more, 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 please. Yes. The fact that it's in the bridges uh, is amazing. And the amount of footfall of people coming past, it can only be good. Uh, for art in general. It's less intimidating in a bit, yes. in a shopping centre, I think. It's just, it's, you can casually walk in, walk out without feeling intimidated. Yeah. Do you find that personally with the white wall gallery? Yeah, de- definitely. They're terrible things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. It's really exciting, actually. It's a good, it looks like it's going to be a good venture. And it's something going to be, I think, exciting to branch out and try and sort of attract more attention. Any Northeast artist is encouraged, without charge, to come here and paint, draw, and create something for a few hours each day. Alongside its artist founder and curator, Ken Devine. Let's not forget yourselves, the general public, who have a role to play. It's their gallery too. Use it, appreciate it, and get involved. The overriding message is, love your art, Sunland, and love your artists. So it's with the greatest of pleasure that we now formally open the Frederick Street Gallery here in the Bridges. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. FSG was uh, now in the bridges, it was also in Sunnyside as a gallery and a studio space to four or five local artists. Life was really good, things were going really well. Frederick Street Gallery played host to all kinds of workshops, classes and exhibitions. It was absolutely thriving. Then illness struck followed by the COVID pandemic. I think I must have uh, had COVID before it officially attacked the nation. The regular exhibitions were certainly taking their toll on me. And when the opportunity arose after lockdown to pass the mantle on to Graham at Pigment and Toil, I welcomed it. It was time. Certainly, it was time, I think, to consolidate move back into Frederick Street, Sunnyside, and concentrate on my own work 
And this is where we're at, full circle if you like, but this time as a solo artist. It was an incredible privilege to have rubbed shoulders with so many artists, but it's right for me to slow down. The footfall here at Frederick Street Gallery in Sunnyside is a, it's a well, it's a, it's a million miles from that of the bridges, but I'm incredibly happy with the slower pace of life. For the first time since 2018, I feel I could cope with the challenge that stocking a gallery with original art brings, especially as I won't be having monthly exhibitions with press releases, private views and wine and nibbles and the like. Instead, I'll quietly go about the business of creativity and add whatever I feel is acceptable to the paintings already on show. It'll be a rolling exhibition, in other words, without stress, without expectation, without fanfare. So, thanks again, Jay, for the opportunity to give voice where I'm up to, as well as express my appreciation for all you wonderful local creatives who have shared the journey with me and contributed so well to its success. May your creative, inspiring and dedicated spirit never dim. And thank you, Ken. Honestly, it is a joy to represent artists in the area, just as you've been doing for many years yourself. I love that phrase. Oil paint is his weapon of choice. Mine has been a humble microphone. Let the battle commence. Our next New Year's guest's weapon of choice is a pen and a notebook. Or is it a laptop? Or a typewriter? I didn't ask. Maybe I should have. This is best-selling author Glenda Young. Hello, this is Glenda Young. Happy New Year to everyone. I'm a best-selling author and I've waited all of my life to say that. Uh, my novels are set in Ryup, which is where I grew up, and I've done a lot of research into the coal mining history of Ryup. My books are kind of Catherine Cookson-ish, I suppose, but they're for a much more dynamic and modern and engaging reader, somebody who's demanding a lot more from their novels. I've also written TV tie-in books for Coronation Street in the past, and my love of soap opera influences my novels in that the women are absolutely fantastic, some really strong characters. I also write a complete change of genre, cosy crime novels which are set in Scarborough, a place I absolutely adore. My cosy crime novels this year were shortlisted against Richard Osman and Val McDermott at the Harrogate International Crime Festival. They were up for the best new crime series and I didn't win, but it was a, what an honour it was to be shortlisted. So this year, 2023, there is going to be another riot book coming out. That's called The Sixpenny Orphan. Fantastic novel about two orphan sisters who get torn apart when they're very young. Ten years later, one of them receives a letter from the other and they determine to find each other. It, it's a cracker of a book, honestly. Even if you think you don't like historical sagas, I promise you, you'll love mine. And later in the year, I've got my third cosy crime novel coming out. So it's set in Scarborough again, and it's about a group of obsessive, crazy golfers. The books are a lot of fun. They're whodunits and red herrings and a murder to solve. So that's my year coming up. 
Um, my hopes and dreams for 2023 will be to calm down a little bit, <laughs> uh, to have a little bit of a quieter year. I've been very busy for the last few years, which is fantastic, and I continue to write, but I just want to take a breather and enjoy the success, I think, a little. So I will be writing. There will be more books coming, but there will also be a little bit more calmer me. Good wishes to everybody in Sunderland, all the creatives and everyone who supports us. And thank you very much, Jay, for this opportunity. I want to take a leaf out of Glenda's book, honestly. It's always incredible when I go into Waterstones or other bookstores and I see Glenda's books out there and I'm like, ah, I know Glenda. I just hope that one day I can say the same for my own writing. In fact, that's part of my own New Year's resolution. It's to write and produce my first 10-part audio drama podcast series about a story that I've been wanting to write since I was 16 years old. And I started writing a novel back then, but things change, journeys change, I fell into audio production, and I think, why not make it an audio drama series? So, hold me to it. If you're listening back to this in a year's time, (laughs) hopefully it'll be available for you to listen to. And if not, I've not done a good job. But also well done to Glenda for realising when she needs to slow down as well. I think that's really important for us as creatives, not to be pushing and pushing and pushing. It's also important to understand when you need to reflect and when you need to take care of yourself just as much as take care of producing more work. And to be honest, I haven't read a single one of Glenda's books until now. But again, reading more is one of my own resolutions this new year, so... So maybe this year is finally the year that I'm going to add Glenda Young's upcoming novel, The Sixpenny Orphan, to my list. Looking forward to reading it, and Glenda, have a happy new year. Coming up, looking ahead to the new year with more friends of the show, visual artist Joe Howell, audio producer and many other things Chantal Herbert, half of the artist duo behind Regeneration Northeast, Catherine Barnett, and arts and health practitioner Lynn Killeen. Artist Catherine Barnett, our next guest, has been a long-time friend of the show. I think it was one of the very first episodes where we featured Catherine, and we've watched her organisation Regeneration Northeast as it first began and grew from strength to strength over the years. But it has not always been an easy time. Hello, my name is Catherine Barnett. With artist Gary Nicholson, we run Regeneration Northeast, which is a non-profit supporting better mental health and well-being using artist therapy. With the help of our partners, Andy and Jane, we now run the Salt Art Space in Ryup, near Sunderland. We've had a number of things happen in 2022. Lots of good and one particular thing that was not so good. We found ourselves at the centre of a deeply unpleasant situation with a non-arts partner, where there was a lot of harassment and bullying. I don't know if your listeners know this, but Gary and myself are both disabled people and wheelchair users. And we were told by a particular individual at that organisation, quote, disability didn't fit with the corporate image. The police had to be involved and informed on certain matters. We had to cancel plans. We had, it even jeopardised the funding at one stage. But thank goodness we got out of it. Our volunteers, supporters and the artist union all helped us out big time. As I say, it wasn't pleasant, but it did help us to focus our efforts on other things. And that's when the really good stuff started to happen. 
So what has 2022 taught us? Sadly, discrimination is still a major problem, not just for disabled people, but all minority groups. And we know this from the conversations that we continue to have to this day. However, there is always help and support and nice people out there when you need it. And it's okay to ask for that help. From our work at the Salt Arts Base, we've seen the impact that art and creativity has had on the individuals. It brings people together for friendship and improves well-being. It's especially important given how just two years ago we were in the midst of COVID and it was not a very nice situation for a lot of people to find themselves in. So what are we getting up to in 2023? Well, at the moment we're waiting to find out whether we've been successful in a couple of applications that we've made. Otherwise, I've said this a few times this year, but I'm going to say it again. We don't get up in the morning to win prizes. It's because we love what we do as artists and we believe in its outcomes and we get to see all the benefits and the impacts that it can have. So for 2023, we're going to stay connected and keep creating. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you, Catherine. And a happy new year to you too. Discrimination is still a major problem, she said and one that applies to all industries, including the arts industry. I'm pleased you're out of your previous premises and into something more welcoming. And here's to the success of the salt art space. I'll have to visit. At this point, since Catherine mentioned the Artists' Union and the support they offered, our next audio offering comes from a member of the Artists' Union, who herself was part of setting up their solidarity fund, Joe Howell. So, yeah, here I am in Liddington with my lovely fellow Phil. My name is Joe Howell and I'm a photographic artist based in Sunderland. My uh, year this year has been not so bad, I guess. Um, Obviously, apart from the fact that our world is seemingly on fire. Personally, not as much growth as I guess I would have wanted career-wise. But we're all still here. Um, Luckily, we weren't affected too badly by the pandemic personally, Um, apart from possibly, like I said, career-wise, going backwards in time. Um, I hope 2023 means that we're going to look forward to some really, really awesome stuff. Uh, Not only just for me, but for everybody. And, uh, yeah because that's how we're all going to have a much better life if we support each other. Uh, Stop. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be fine. Um, I've been a bit of a nihilist today, writing a nihilist kind of blog, so I'm probably in a bit of a nihilistic mood. However, we'll all be good as gold in 2023. I'm absolutely positive. Bye! supporting each other. Now that is a message I am well behind. 
and one that Arty Party is all about too, celebrating artists and creatives. I did try and follow up with Joe with some more questions, but perhaps the draw of time away with her lovely fella Phil in Liddington was too much of a thing to resist. Joe has been a long-time friend of Arty Party. She has supported us. She supported me recently by allowing me to include some of her gorgeous cyanotype work in the hashtag vinyl outcry exhibition at Hills Art Centre. And actually, I wanted to share this clip from the Arty Party archives back in, gosh, 2019, when Joe invited me to join her and Phil in their car to visit her work as part of the hashtag Untitled 10 exhibition at the Bose Museum a gorgeous and ornate grand old building littered with art from room to room, including the work of ten selected artists. Joe was one of them. And here she is introducing the collection and her own work that was featured. It's just such an interesting blend because there's ten different artists, vastly different approaches, and it's just a really eclectic way of showing how people can respond in an artistic fashion. I wanted to have a collection that people could take out of the museum because the museums are our property. And I thought, oh, that's just a missed opportunity, isn't it? Like, that's a great way to bring LGBTQ history into the museum and to talk about that. And it's sort of been, it's been missed. Straight away, I knew that that's what I would be interested in doing here. The person who's invited me to come see this exhibition is one of the artists involved, Joe Howell. Hello, I'm Joe Howell. <laughs> Joe Howell, you're a photographic artist. I am. On Artie Party a few times. I have. So yeah, I've been on Artie Party and uh, an firm avid supporter of Artie Party and if anybody else isn't on it then you really should go and check out on the Patreon and start you know supporting Artie Party and Jay to do these fantastic podcasts and his show. God I love you Joe. I, I mention your name every single episode. Oh that's so sweet. You've just become a six dollar a month member. I know I'm proud. Which means you get to decide whether you're gonna get a t-shirt or a tote bag or a mug. Ooh, ooh, I'll have a mug because ooh, okay. I love coffee um, and it'll be used the most. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, thanks, Jim. Last year, at the end of the process, our digital manager for both centre, Paul the Mother, said to me, the best thing about the Title 10 for me, Matthew, is the tenderness, the collective nature of the artists working, I wouldn't say working together, you have to ask them, but it's kind of like a memoration of starlings. It's the law of attraction and the law of repulsion at the same time. And I didn't really get what Paula was saying, but that statement stuck in the back of my mind, that that's what Bose is about. It's about social function. We, again... Untitled 10 is a commission that's run by the Bose Museum, where they're looking for 10 artists to respond to objects in the museum collection. I won a place. So did the other artists who you're going to listen to. There's Lady Kit, Richard Bliss, 
Andrew Hutchinson. Look, hang on, I've got a book. I can remember everybody's <laughs> names. Um, so, yeah, we've got Jim Bond, Claire Baker, Caroline Collinge, and Judy DeBase and Kate Ive. They're from all over the country. Um, Kate's actually based up in Edinburgh, and Judy's based down in London. Richard, Caroline, Claire, Lady Kate, and myself and Sarah are all based in the northeast so it's quite nice to have a northeast venue investigated by northeast artists but also nice to have that kind of outside viewpoint as well on how somebody who's never been involved with a collection would would view it. I think it's participatory, it's about time, it's what museums should be doing working with regional artists and I'm so proud of the Sunderland artists for engaging with this process. Museums should be living, not dead. There's some amazing things. I've I've visited this place quite a few times. I've seen some fantastic visiting exhibitions. There are some amazing things here, but I I think you need to bring the past bang up to date with the present and the future. So artists like Joe, it's, it's what they should be doing. I just hope it's accessible to lots and lots of people. And our very own Caroline Mitchell, Professor of Radio and Participation at the University of Sunderland, finishing off that extract from our previous episode. And for the full audio tour of the Bose Museum and the Artists on Exhibition, you can visit artyparty.com, then click on Episodes and scroll all the way back down to 2019. (laughs) That's arty with a Y, party with an I. Why I? Doubtlessly, you'll be hearing more of Jo Howell and her work in upcoming Arty Party episodes. And thank you again, Jo, for supporting Arty Party, including on our Patreon. We've received a nice, healthy bunch of responses, so let's dive into another. The next person is someone who I admire a lot, who I'll be working with in 2023 and hopefully beyond as she continues to build her audio production company, Sister Sounds. But... I'll let Chantal Herbert take over. Hi, my name is Chantal. I am the founder of Sister Shack CIC, which is a community interest company. I am also the founder and organizer of a queer night called Bend and Shake that is in Newcastle upon Tyne so far. Uh, I am also a DJ and I DJ quite regularly around the Northeast. And I am also what I would guess class as a black rights activist. I am also queer myself and I decided in 2021 that I would start Bend and Shake and it was aimed at mainly global majority people, trans people and for anyone else that would class themselves as the non-social norm or marginalised and it's been really, really successful so far. 2022 has just been beautiful chaos with all the things that I've done so far but I'm really proud of Bend and Shake. It, it seems to be a space that everyone has needed. It brings so many intersecting people, age range, race, however they identify in their queerness. It's a really really beautiful space and next year 2023 I plan to make it even bigger and better. I would absolutely love to take um, Bend and Shake outside of the northeast but so far I've planned two more events. We have our February one, which is a sort of um, a self-love, anti-Valentine's men and shake. And then we've got a huge one coming up, which is like a big queer rave. And that's going to be really, really great. And I just, I would just love Ben and Shake just to continue as it is. It's just gorgeous. Every time I put it on and it finishes, I just feel this really like 
massive sense of achievement and pride. This year as well, um, I think I've become an artist and I don't really know how. I, along with some others, won a Emerging Artist Award for Seton Delaware Hall and that was put on by someone called Matthew Jarrett with Seton Delaware Hall and it was to find some new or fairly new artists in what they do. Oh, I should also say I'm also, I forgot to say this, I'm also an audio producer and that is how I won the Emerging Artist Prize. I've decided that I am going to do a kind of a take-up space takeover at Sindelville Hall where I have a series of photographs which were taken by my friend Dami who is an amazing photographer and those seven photographs that were taken within the hall space and alongside that will be an audio piece which I would call sort of experimental audio collage where they tell sort of their stories about being in the northeast about being marginalised people in the northeast and their experiences of outdoor spaces and their experiences of national trust properties because Seton Devil Hall is a natural trust property and it's a really wonderful gorgeous building with excellent grounds and I just kind of wanted to have some kind of black history I guess there because actually the UK really is a very white centric space and I kind of wanted to see brown and black faces in national trust properties and I think that's probably why I was successful in my Emerging Artist Award because I think it's something that probably hasn't really done been done that much at a national trust property if ever I mean I'm not even sure to be honest so 2023 is for me the year of me being an artist which I'm really excited for um, and I'm just excited to continue my audio production. I started an audio production company this year called Sister Sounds, and I also won the BBC Indie Development Fund alongside some other production companies, which involve getting a certain pot of money and also some mentoring from the BBC, which has been really invaluable so far. So yeah, 2022 has just been one of those years that I think I've really achieved excellence. I'm going to use the word excellence because even though that makes my head explode. Um, I just think that I have achieved a lot this year and I've probably said achieved about 25 times, but I'm going to say it again. (laughs) I have achieved so much and for 2023, I just want to continue that. I want to continue with all of the things that I do for the community in the Northeast, but also I'd like to rest and reflect because I don't really do enough of that and I actually realised that I hadn't actually been to a main social event where it hasn't been one of my own events since May 2022 which is ridiculous so 2023 is about rest gathering my thoughts and also reading more books I have not read a full book in a very long time read bits read some comics but actually sitting down and reading a book feels so alien to me right now that 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 is one of my main focuses of 2023 alongside all of the work that I'm going to continue to keep doing. And I would also love this year to have another another audio piece on the BBC. So let's see how that goes. But I just hope all of you out there have a wonderful 2023 and have had a very beautiful 2022. And time is not linear. Time is a social construct. So don't think about what the society tells you you should be doing in that short space of time think about it as your time to shine thanks Chantal (laughs) what a year it's been for you honestly I've seen Chantal and her work continue to soar ever higher since we first met a few years back 
from her work in audio production, arts projects, workshop facilitation, safe space, event hosting, everything that she puts her hands to. I'm always astounded by Chantal and her skills. Actually, I'd like to take this opportunity, if I can, to play a piece of my own work that I made last year, which I'm really proud of, or part of it at least, uh, the Charles Parker Prize Programme on BBC Radio 4 Extra, which celebrates the work of award-winning student feature makers. Chantal, while she was studying her masters, was one of those winners, and her work was broadcast on BBC Radio 4 as part of the New Storytellers series. So this piece dives behind the scenes of her production to find out more about Chantal's journey making her feature Outsider Sisters. I had the idea before the pandemic, and it was like, right, okay, how can I do this? But actually it turned out better because I could actually speak to more people in a shorter space of time, so it meant that I could build the scope of what I was doing. We internalise that same shame that keeps them sleeping safely in that power, and it cooks us inside out. Another neglected, burning tower. I've never really thought of myself as quite musical until I started the MA, and I realised that a lot of the work that I make has a lot of sound effects and a lot of music. I feel like it's quite a distinctive flow to my work, but actually I like to have lots of transitions where it's got music and really intense sound effects. I came to England at the age of 19. I came straight to um, West London. Um, I remember it being a very cold, grey day on the 5th of March 1990. I remember that distinctly and how it felt like walking into like a freezer. This piece was just so personal. Those stories are all my stories as well. You know, everything that's happened to those people has happened to me in some kind of way, or I can relate to it. And I remember asking a girl to pass me the water. We used to have these, like, metal jugs um, that you would have to share water with, and she got the water, spat in it, and then passed it to me. And, like, I remember at the time thinking, why would she Why would she do that? And I had, like, an inkling it was because I was, um, because I was black. And I always knew that I wanted to amplify black and minoritized or women of color, non-binary people of color, and amplify their voices and their stories, either growing up or migrating to the UK and how they felt about it. And obviously that will bring up ideas of racism because it's something that we've all experienced at some point. That kind of comes organically when you're talking to people of color, no matter what happens. You know, we don't see ourselves out there. That's why we're trying to change the narrative. If we see more of us out there doing this, we think, hey, we could do that ourselves. A lot of people of colour's experiences are made through the white gaze and white lens. Even if they're commissioned, you know, you have to hit like a certain demographic, a certain thing. But I don't really want to do that bend and shape for a white person and their gaze. I want it to be about what I want to hear and whether it's uncomfortable or not. It's truth. I want to make stuff that what I would like to hear as a child and seeing a person who looked like me making those as well. Well, what do you consider the dangers of an increasing coloured population? Well, there are many immediate evils of the coloured invasion which are well known to everybody living in this area. But in our opinion, the most important is the long-term one of mass interbreeding. That must mean the downfall of the civilization and culture of our country, which we hold so dear. Looking back at it, I was probably quite triggered by a lot of it. But this edit for the BBC has been the one that I cried out the most. There's no breathing space in this one. It's like being hit by a car repeatedly. It's just over and over again. And there's no real let up. I've had so many things happen where I feel like my body has not belonged to me. 
where other people have been able to come in and violate my body and touch my body or beat down my body in a way that was wrong and was not appropriate. And I think that's maybe an experience that a lot of black women, and I will say this, a lot of dark skinned black women. The ending is really intense and has a lot of layers to it. That's the bit that always makes me cry, that kind of forces you to just have to listen. The really intense poem by Kat Francois, it's unapologetically about black rage. Black rage is spit at the corner of our mouths. Black rage is fire. Black rage is angry, ugly, crying. Black I like that bit the most, I think. Now, I'm not usually good at saying that I like my work, but I do like this quite a lot. An arm around the neck, a bullet in the back, a knee in the neck. Black rage is pain. Black rage is despair. Black rage is loss of hope. Black rage is a constant injustice. This is a grief so profound it is unrecoverable. It is the lack of light at the end of the tunnel. Black rage cannot be packaged or sanitised. If you really listen, it will sicken you, shame you, scare you, call your actions and your privilege into account. It will choke you it will make you feel as if you cannot breathe extracts there from outsider sisters made by chantal herbert you're listening to our new year's 2023 edition of arty party where this week our party guests are looking back at the year that's just gone and looking ahead to a new year of opportunities possibilities and growth as artists and creatives now another longtime friend of the show contemporary artist and participatory arts facilitator, Lynn Killeen. My name is Lynn Killeen. I'm a contemporary fine artist and participatory arts facilitator. I've been working in participatory arts for about eight years now, after graduating in fine art from University of Sunderland. And I absolutely love doing what I do. I'm also a project coordinator at Grace House, the charity in Sunderland. And there I coordinate a project where I look after disabled children and their families. And what I specialise in is producing holistic and therapeutic programmes for parent carers. So I'm really interested in arts for wellbeing at the moment. I've worked with the group Southwick Reach for Oh, about six years now, and I'm currently Artistic Director. In 2021, I was a Sunderland Fellow. I received some funding from Sunderland Culture, and I got the group back together after after COVID, which was a very challenging thing to do, you know, for, for, for the people that take part in the, the project in Southwick. So I produced a COVID recovery programme, And it was just wonderful to see the people come back in in the room and enjoying the weekly arts for wellbeing. I collaborated with Jane Young, who specialises in arts for wellbeing. And we did some wonderful workshops to get the people back together. Now, since then, I've been successful in getting national lottery funding. And I'm currently producing a programme of art, history and culture. We have weekly workshops, creative workshops. We visit places of interest like um, galleries. We've visited the the Lane recently and seen the Lindisfarne Gospels and also the National Glass Centre. And we start a project in January on Southwick streets and intend to produce some wonderful work for 
to exhibit in, in Southwick. As well as this, I, I really am focusing on Arts for Health and planning on starting a new programme, which is therapeutic, and introducing some wellbeing techniques using instruments and workshops in nature, such as in forests and on the beach. So I'm really excited about that. And I also plan to work with Jane Young on that. So that's something new for me. As well as that, I'm really excited about my own practice. I um, decided to go back to university and did an MA in Fine Art and graduated um, just over a year ago. I'm looking forward to continuing my own practice in sculpture and installation and sound, which I did very, you know, recently and concentrated in that on the, my final show. So, yeah, all exciting. I'm really looking forward to continuing the project in January and uh, excited about the new project, Southwick Streets. We'll be digging around Southwick, taking photographs, finding about all the history of Southwick and then using techniques the group have learned from me in the past few months like collage, watercolours, printing and putting these all together to produce some lovely works. We did a Norman Cornish project recently and learned how to draw, how to draw in a sketchy style like Norman Cornish using pastels as well and not to be precious about our work and try, you know, to, to draw a particular thing, just to be really loose and enjoy the process. And that's what my workshops are about. It's more the therapeutic element that I'm interested in. But at the same time, I must say that the participants do create some really wonderful work. So exciting. Another thing that I'm, I'm just buzzing about is that new people have came to the group and it's about the social aspect as well i've said it's about enjoying the process but it's about meeting people making friends and having that weekly connection a lot of the people that come to the classes are retired some are not and recently there's been new people that have came couples one partner has dementia there's two couples like that and it's as much for the partner as it is you know, for the person with dementia, they really enjoy coming together and being able to do an activity together, you know, and I do adapt the activity and the process to suit the people. And that's something I'm taking on board as well and would like to explore further. So, yeah, really um, looking into different aspects for arts, for health and well-being and uh, specialising in different elements too. And, um, you know, really looking forward to 2023 and seeing one that, what that brings. I'm just heading out for my um, baby boy's 25th birthday. <laughs> uh, have a lovely time, dear. Bye. And you can find Lynn's work on her Instagram, which I'll share to the at Artie Party Twitter account, if Elon Musk allows it now, of course which is at arty with a Y, party with an I, YI. On Lynn's Instagram, at Lynn Williams Colleen Art, you can see her work from the MA Arts Show, including this beautiful, moving, 
pulsating, throbbing red piece, and it took me a while to realise what it was. It was suspended and twirling in a deep red light and casting gorgeous dark red shadows. You have to see it. Here's to continuing to expand your practice in 2023, Lynn, and congrats for graduating from your MA. Raising a cheeky glass to you. On one of the previous episodes of Arty Party, we shared audio art pieces which were featured in the hashtag Vinyl Outcry exhibition in the Hills Art Centre, but we were live in the studio and didn't quite have time to play them all, so I wanted to share another one with you for our New Year's special. This one by another MA graduate from the University of Sunderland, this time from MA Radio. He now works at BBC Wales as their arts and science producer. His name is Stuart Russell, and he's inviting you to join the journey of the Nut Owl. I think this piece is utterly gorgeous, with a beautiful composition and the bright, bold visual design by Gabriel Gikait really pops in the physical space of Hills Art Centre too. This is chapter one of The Nut Owl. The Nut Owl is an eyebrow media production, written and narrated by me, Stuart Russell, featuring original music, mixing and sound design by Peter Bauman, and original artwork by Gabrielle Gekite. Wander the unbreathable space between places. Hold your breath and gaze upon everything and nothing. A curtain of darkness dipped in stars envelops you and life begins to bloom. The last nut tree emerges from the dark with gnarled branches that contort and crack, breaking the silence. Its glorious fountain of leaves bursts forth with light, and an aerial artist paints the surrounding skies. The tree is also his canvas. The nut owl is carved of magic, birthed from the artist's walnut mind, and light from the tree pours over the owl's essence like amber sap. And as it bathes in creation, the artist dissipates. Sudden motion stirs the nut owl as it nestles between peaceful origins and rather plain siblings.
the quiet grows blood red and is consumed by an ochreous threat that sweeps closer and closer until the tree's power is overwhelmed, engulfed by cosmic flames. The tree dies with the flames. It ebbs from memory, crumbling into a fine, bright powder. Remnants of the tree float through a now more brutal landscape. And where once prismatic points of light pierced the painted sky, only the nut owl remains. It seems smaller now, its carved elements darkened by the impact. Hard and silent, it journeys on, traveling an ocean of stars and drifting from the destruction that claimed its roots. Until it arrives at the very edge of possibility. Stuart's beautiful series, The Nut Owl, with music, mixing, and sound design by Peter Bauman. And you can listen to the rest of the first two series of The Nut Owl by visiting eyebrowmedia.com. Thank you for joining us for our final edition of Arty Party in 2022 and looking ahead to the new year. Hopefully you've got a few ideas for developing your own creative practice next year. In fact, let me go further than that. With the Arty Party website, I'm building up a directory of artists and creatives, offering a free space online for you to share some of your best work and projects. So hopefully you might be interested in having a free space as part of our community. Again, there's a few dozen artist profiles on there, so you can head to artyparty.com and check it out. And if you fancy, consider sending in your info. And that's all from today's Arty Party. My name's Jay Sykes. Thanks for dropping in. Arty Party is made possible thanks to support from our generous Patreon supporters. That's photographic artist Joe Howell and visual artist Stephanie Smith. Arty Party's upcoming speed arting event, which is like a speed dating event, but for artists, will be supported by funding from Arts Council England and the National Lottery Heritage Fund through the unlock strand of Sunderland Culture's Great Place Scheme.